Well, welcome back. This is Real Presence Live. We are halfway through the show, and we are blessed to be here with you this morning. Uh, it's just a nice, calm morning now. It really has kind of really calmed down, didn't it, Father? Yeah, it certainly has. Yep. It certainly has. I think the wind is going to keep uh, slowing down <laughs> I hope so. throughout the afternoon. So and now it just looks really it, beautiful out there. <laughs> hopefully make it a little bit easier for, for those who are still traveling yeah. here today. Speaking of traveling, uh, one of the major tourist destinations in South Dakota uh, is in Deadwood. And so that's why one of the local parishes has formed a team to reach out to those who visit. And so we've got uh, uh, Todd Tobin that we're going to be talking with uh, and about the hospitality team at St. Ambrose Church in Deadwood and the efforts that they have made to provide visitors a home at their parish. Mm-hmm. So. Todd, have we got you on today? Yes. Good morning, Father. Good morning. How are you? You know, if I was any better, the deck would be stacked. That is fantastic. <laughs> I Although, like that, Todd. I like that a lot. <laughs> that, that, that's not necessarily the, be- the best phrase with me, because the last time I stacked the deck, I gave it to my brother right next to me, oh, no. uh, <laughs> rather than to myself. So I, I learned my that's lesson awesome. on that. <laughs> Todd, thanks for being with us here today. Uh, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am a, a parishioner at St. Ambrose. We're a shared parish with Father Leo Hussman. Uh, St. Patrick's in Lead, which is a mile plus away, and uh, the uh, parish uh, of Deadwood in St. Ambrose is the region's oldest parish. It was founded in, in 1877, a year after the gold rush began there in Deadwood. Mm-hmm. I live south of that area in a small community called Silver City. We have a saying, as population 19, that we're all here because we're not all there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I like it. It's a beautiful place in the center of the Black Hills, uh, located near Pactola Reservoir. Yes, it sounds like a beautiful place. To I, I love going out there to to Rapid City and and, and being in that area. And uh, it's it is very. I, I think a lot of people know about it, so it is kind of famous, and it, it is a tourist des- destination. And, and can you tell us a little bit more about how that all came together? You know, as being that with it is with the, the parish, yeah. Gold mining and other natural resources have always been the the, the basis of the economic driving forces in the Black Hills region, which straddle majority of it is in um, South Dakota. There is a portion on the Wyoming side. And in that era from when the Treaty of Laramie in 1868, which granted all of the what is modern-day North and South Dakota and many parts of Nebraska and Montana, and Wyoming to the seven bands of what are known as the Sioux Nation. Sioux is a term that's not native, it's uh, French, and uh, the seven bands uh, that settled into this region. <clears throat> when gold was discovered, um, that treaty was broken, and there was a, uh, a large influx of settlers that came into the area. In 1876, when the main parts in and around Deadwood where gold was discovered had established uh, a precedent where gold was, in fact, the world's largest gold mine in Lead next to Deadwood was in operation. It was the second largest gold mine at the time uh, that it uh, ceased operations about 20 years ago now. Um, it was owned for most of that time by the Hearst family, publishing paper out of uh, hmm the San Francisco area, but after the gold mining uh, majority of it, there is still active gold mines in the Black Hills and nearby, but as the large main uh, homestead gold mine ended, 
there was a period where Deadwood floundered, and in the late 80s, in 1988 specifically, state of South Dakota passed gaming laws that allowed, in addition to reservations, to have casinos, the immediate community of Deadwood. So it took on a sort of a mini Las Vegas type of an approach uh, that became very much a tourist destination as our state tourism in South Dakota very much focuses on that as as the second largest industry in the state. Now, Todd, did you read that off, or do you have that on the top of your head? I... <laughs> I have that on the top of my head. I and thought living, you did. Living here, we I... get to explain that off. <laughs> and then you threw, threw you for a loop there. <laughs> that's, what? No, that's 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 fantastic. And you know, I mean, it, it just shows you know that you 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 have a desire to share your community with those who are uh, passing through with the, the tourists that come. Um, how did it? kind of transition from, you know, I'm I'm sure a lot of the residents uh, have that interest in sharing the history to the parish, reaching out to the people who are coming through that town. How did that transition happen? You know, I I find it, I I begin by by noting that the first bishop that reached out to that first priest that sent them to this place that was really not known and probably was not on any maps. And I often wonder what that first priest must have thought as he came in on the stagecoach or rode a horse or a donkey or walked and came into this encampment that was a combination of Sodom and Gomorrah and Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, just, wow, there's lots of you know, room for, for uh, work to be done here, as the first parish noted a moment ago, established in 1877 with St. Ambrose. And in that, it just continued as, as, a, as a work where there was always gambling and there was always that premise of gold and, and such. So there's a Wild West mentality that brings a fierce independence and, and such. And the Catholic Church uh, for the diocese in this region was originally established in 1902 in Leed, which is nearby, mm-hmm. and then it was moved to Rapid City, is now the Diocese of Rapid City in 1930. So there's a strong presence of our parish in our diocese uh, and, and, and bringing the Catholic faith to the masses that have come in and out. And at this particular juncture in time, we have so many tourists visit Deadwood that we have a lot of uh, uh, presence where there's, in fact, we have during an event in <clears throat> every August in Deadwood, is called Hot Summer Nights, and it takes place over a weekend. And on that Saturday evening mass, it's like a Christmas at Easter Bass. There's standing room only, so we now call it Holy Deadwood Nights. And uh, as I love greeting people coming into our parish, I say, you know, what happens in Deadwood can be forgiven here. (laughs) (laughs) And so we have a beautiful little parish that was redone through the generosity of anonymous donation. And we were able to have a a very dedicated hospitality team where we really strive to make people feel very welcomed, whether they're visiting their first time or they return and or whether there are parishioners that come in, we treat them with the same level of love that Jesus taught us. Very, very nice. That's uh, great. Well, you're listening if, to Real Presence Live. I'm Michael Goldsmith with F- Father Will Thompson, and we are talking with Todd Tolwin. He is in Deadwood, South Dakota, talking about that as both a tur- tourist place, but also about how the church is reaching out in that form uh, while they are there. And a question that comes up is, you know, how how did your parish like start this, you know, uh, form a team and and, and kind of come up with this? I mean, who, who kind of really started it, and how did you guys begin to reach out? 
Well, in large part, there were some of us that did it naturally. Other organizations that we belonged to, that greeting was was an important part. The main credit goes to our, our now former bishop, Robert Bruce, who's been reassigned this past summer to the Diocese of Saginaw. So we're currently without a bishop in our diocese. And he, Bishop Bruce, was very strongly influenced by the Diocese of Wichita in Kansas, and that for a stewardship in defined as uh, all of the reaching out and carrying the gospel to those who are the faithful and to those who are not yet Catholic, that hospitality is a very critical component of that. In our diocese, we refer to stewardship in that realm. The money is removed separate. We call that development. But in the hospitality of the stewardship, is of a highest of priority. In fact, uh, Lead and Deadwood, both parishes are what are called stewardship parishes in our diocese, mm. where we've met as a formal plan that our bishop had laid forth uh, and have met all the requirements for that. And the critical component of that is being there, as it is so difficult when people walk in, whether they've been there their entire life and they're struggling, or whether it's a visitor or somebody coming for the first time, that to literally just look at them and shake their hand and introduce yourself and ask their name and really make them feel welcome. There's there's a huge amount of that human connection and that touch that takes place that when people leave, you hear that in the comments that they give mm. to our pastor afterwards, I really felt welcomed at your parish. And that mm. is a great way to really carry the message of Christ, is to evangelize by simply being kind instead of we Catholics are so cold and non-approachable, yeah. we work very hard at overcoming that negative stereotype. I wish it was more into each parish that way, but go ahead. So, you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, kind of how you naturally came together, and yet there, there was some structure that uh, Bishop Gruse um, had provided. Um, now that you've been doing it for a while, what are some of the results that you see about having, you know, a little bit more formalized hospitality team in place and actively reaching out to those who are coming through the doors? Absolutely. We actually had the suggestions that came as our parking is limited, and uh, some suggestions came from visitors from out of town as to how they've seen it done elsewhere, that in the greeting process that was taken in as a really positive change and new process change, if you will, for the parish. There's also for the children, uh, many of us get down on our knees for those that can, and fist bump the kids that come in just as a nice way of engaging them. And uh, it's beautiful as I see these children in or out of church now. They always come up and fist bump me because <laughs> there's simply that connection. It also, at the most and the, the highest level, is that there are people that, that when I notice and observe, because you can see it on their face when they walk in, that they're struggling. And I will go up to them after Mass, after having greeted them, and I will say, are you okay? Do you need to talk mm -hmm. to somebody? And they look at you like you're crazy, you know. And uh, because that isn't the tradition that necessarily Catholics are known for, but that is the result of reading. And often people will say, well, that's the job of the pastor. Well, the pastor is busy. You know, most of our parishes simply have one pastor. In our case, our pastor is of two parishes. And it is our job, as much as the pastor, to shepherd each other and help each other as Christ taught mm. us. That's beautiful. I wish we had more of that, you know, thinking throughout. I, I, I know some of the parishes kind of do that in some ways here in our area, but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I think we could learn a lot from that, and maybe those that are listening, maybe they want to start something like that in their own parish. That would be awesome. I mean, that's what we're doing here. That's why we're evangelizing. That's why we're spreading this message. So to get them to hear what you're talking about, Todd, I think that's really important. 
what have you seen kind of maybe, you know, uh, you said a little bit about it, but, how, you know, how people respond directly to you, you know, a, a, as you're a part of this ministry? As I look at both uh, in the greeting, which is my favorite, I call it my favorite service position at my home church. Mm-hmm. I also am an altar server and a lector. And uh, some, some Sundays in a small parish, I'm all three. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. And, uh, but in that, there's such a beauty to the, the relationships that are built that I find that has led to conversations with people that I've been invited to their homes where I've met them for lunch or coffee that I've known them for many years but did not know them outside of church. Mm-hmm. And for those that are visiting, they come back in, and I'll remember their face, may not always remember their name, but I try to, and that mm-hmm. they, uh, they have this, this special place where they come back and they look to have that friendliness, whether it's me or somebody else, they get it. During the Sturgis Rally, which is a large event in the first week of August every year, we have a lot of rally goers that are motorcycle. There's a, a man came to me one day in the greeting line, and he was very much looked like a hardcore. He says, I pray every morning. My morning prayers begin at 4 a.m., and I was wondering, uh, you know, is there any access to the church? And we have our secret code, like many churches do, and I took the liberty to give him that. And for, I don't know, over a decade, every rally that he returns, which I think has been all of them, I get a little note from him that says, thank you very much for granting me access to the church, where he goes in every morning at 4 a.m. to do his prayers. So those kinds of relationships of being service to our fellow Catholics, even if they're not from here, our church represents that. And, and where we have that opportunity to be of service, we really carry a message that goes far greater than the message that was brought forth in the reading of the Gospel or the homily on any given Mass. Mm-hmm. Well, and Todd, as you're, as you're talking, it's, it's clear that this is not just uh, you know, a list of tasks. Uh, that you all do uh, before before church, but something you know, the hospitality is something that you embody uh, and, and and are really able to live out. So thank you for doing that. Uh, as we're getting in, into our last minute here with you, uh, what what else would you like? Any, any final um, uh, comments or um, things that you would like to share with our listeners today? My father taught me as a child. I did not understand it until I was adult as a cradle Catholic that the Mass is the most important thing for us Catholics to do, and that the Eucharist is the most important part of the Mass. Everything we do extends from and flows to and in and out of the Mass, and so this, as a conduit to make people feel welcome, brings us to the most perfect prayer, the Mass, and allows us to see that celebration in the light that it was intended. Awesome. Thanks, Todd, so much for what you're doing, and and, uh, we are blessed that you are with us this morning. Coming up next, it's time to buckle up on the 10-minute tour, and later in the show, hear about a beautiful group of women that pray for those dearest to their heart. We're broadcasting live from St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota. I am Michael Goldsmith with... Father Will Thompson. We'll be right back after this break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.